The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Thompson IM Funds, Inc. For more information about Thompson IM Funds, please visit thompsonim.com. Thompson IM Funds, smart investing starts here. Hello, and welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. The Permission to Succeed podcast is about learning from and being inspired by people who have been successful because they found that point in their lives to give themselves permission to go and do it. The genesis of this podcast is based on the inspirational lives of Muhammad Ali and Dr. Martin Luther King and their world-changing impact. The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by iris.xyz, the most helpful place advisors can come to to grow their minds and businesses. Power your advice at iris.xyz. This is your host, Doug Heikinen. And our guest today is Frankie Corrado, who's the Managing Director and Principal at Robertson Stevens. Hey, Frankie. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today about the evolving investor. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. So my, my first question is, what investor changes have you seen in your career in terms of their expectations? Shift from clients associating uh, the work that they do with me to be focused solely on investments, more of a comprehensive relationship and an expectation that I can help them quarterback and, and guide them through the, you know, all the different areas that are in their life, not just the investments. And, you know, one of the, the areas that we've seen real big strides with our clients has been just around taking control of the priorities in their life and, you know, changing from portfolio is what drove everything to, you know, first visualizing what would be the ideal outcome? And then from there, first, and then the investment portfolio and their investment style and strategy is in support of that. And so the expectation has really changed from an investment first to maybe an investment driven or investment led. But, you know, with the main focus on the client reaching some of the big, big goals in their life and not just giving lip service to that, uh, really really doing a lot of authentic planning around what that means and then coming up with a really good solution at the end. And whether that's, you know, in work for the client, that's planning around insurance or taxes, a whole host of things. But I think the client has really come to expect that, that comprehensive relationship uh, and not just focused on the, only on the investments. I think when we were talking about this on a, on a call setting up for talking today, on the podcast, you were talking about a financial life guide. Is, is this where you're going with it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that the being a financial life guide, I, I took, we took that a lot from just the experience that someone might have if they were to say, go out, you know, I'm a big hiker, for instance. And so if I was to go out of my own element or go into a new area where I maybe wasn't experienced, I might, I, I would, it would make sense for me to hire a guide and it's going to be a combination of experience and education. Uh, the guide, I still have to walk up to the top of the mountain, but the guide is there with me. They're there to show me where risks might be or opportunities as well, relationship. And so it's comprehensive. You know, when we take the financial life guidance, the hope is to really help clients who are committed to living out their own optimal life, really navigate the, you know, what we call the intersection of, of life and money, right? And so opportunities that they have and, and avoiding risks where they can and just that, that full comprehensive scope. Are investors embracing this term and planning structure? 
it's still new, but when we, it's, it's interesting is when I, I think they are because when I tell people that I'm a financial advisor, they kind of, they, 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 they sort of intimate like they know what that is. But when I, when I've started to change and explain that I, I consider myself a financial life guide, they start to ask more questions. And what happens is their question causes me to ask them questions. And the whole point of this to try to get out of the way a little bit and to provide the client with a platform to, to get out where their true priorities are. You know, before we were, before we really embraced this financial life guidance, we would do the typical CFP goal setting where it was, you know, give, you know, asking a client for their goals. It was very colder experience. I think that, you know, what we're trying to do now is give much more of a platform for clients to identify what their priorities are, a lot more listening from the advisor side, you know, a lot more or a lot less of, uh, you know, kind of the shoulds. I think before we embrace this, we would tell clients, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that just as a, as a rule of thumb, perhaps. And uh, now, you know, this is, this is client optimal life led. And so, you know, for, for we, we can show a client if what they've described, you know, what the financial impacts are of, the, of what their optimal life uh, plan that we discussed together would be, you know, shooting and a lot less judgment from our end and, and really giving the client, again, the platform to, to put out there what's important. And, you know, the beauty is that as we started doing this more and more, we realized that what other opportunity in, a, in the real sense, what other opportunity does a, a client have to express these, you know, deep, deep elements to them? Because before, you know, when I was describing the way that we do the CFP goals, it was when do you want to retire or do you want to send your children to college? Those are great goals. They're financial goals. We found those to be pretty easy to manage and plan for, to focus on, you know, the next six to 18 months. What would, it, what would be the ideal outcome for you during that period? Giving the client, you know, we have a, spe- a specific meeting where the client, you know, we try to get the client through some homework that we do. We're, we've adopted the methodology where you know, a couple of advisors in our firm are registered life planners. So we have, we have adopted the kinder life planning method, and it, it really gives the client uh, much more of a platform and much more space to, to get out what's important. And so by that, really, uh, it, it's a combination of listening. And I think one of the things that's been challenging for me as an advisor who has technical experience, I often want to provide solutions right off the bat. Uh, and it leads me to talking too much. You know, it's like a client might say they have an issue and I'll say, oh, don't worry about that. I have, I have just what you need. And instead, for me to take a back seat here and the client is driving and, you know, the more I've been, you know, utilizing things like, for instance, that's a, that's a big component is once the client maybe gets out something that's important to them, not jumping in and saying, oh, you know, me too, I love skiing or I love going to the beach or traveling instead of, you know, putting myself forward, just being silent and uh, seeing what happens. And uh, what we've found is that when we give the client more space and a platform they start to tell us some really compelling things 
that make our ability to do financial planning for them, that make our ability to build uh, investment portfolios for them much more effective and much more targeted. Uh, and I think it's, frankly, I think it's probably the, the best way to, to deliver financial planning to the client. It's in line with, with what they're looking to do. But are you seeing of all ages embrace this model? So it's a great question. The, the younger millennial generation, they love it. I've seen, they, they definitely have really embraced this method of planning. And you might think that you know, maybe some of the older generations would not. However, again, this is something that we're finding. The more we give a platform for people to talk about where their priorities are, allow us to plan for it to make it happen. So let me give you an example. I have a client who's 80s and I utilize some of these life planning exercises and conversations with her. And what came out was something that I never knew working with her for a number of years, which was her to take her granddaughter before she goes to college to Ireland, where, you know, my client grew up, you know, lived there until she was in her teens and bring her back to, you know, the old country, so to speak. And, you know, she kind of initially brought it up as a pipe dream. And, and rather than kind of just be like, okay, we'll put that as a goal on the plan and we can assign some dollar value to it. We, we spent 30 minutes talking about what the ideal trip would look like. And what this effectively did was provide the client with a real amount of energy, you know, that was going to be required on her end. I couldn't do it all for her, right? Remember, I'm the guide. We walk together. It was necessary to make it a reality. And so, you know, it, it's great that, that, you know, it's one thing to put a goal down and say you're going to do it, but it's another to, to really give that goal space and time to breathe. I think it ultimately delivers energy to the client. And from there, the goal would be that they're going to they're going to achieve the things that are most important to them. And so, you know, happy to say that this particular client went out and did it. You know, they went out and, you know, they, they spoke with, you know, their daughter about, about taking this trip, you know, with her granddaughter and the requisite amount of heat that needed to be done to plan it. And, you know, working from the financial perspective, we made sure that the proper amount of money was set aside in order to fund it all. And how would it impact the long-term probabilities of success on the, on the, for the overall financial plan, things like that. You know, even for people that are, this is ripe for people who are approaching retirement age, right? They're approaching a transition. And so as they transition to this new thing, I retire and I, that's it, I'm not working anymore. We have a number of clients that, you know, they're now, because of this way of thinking, they treat retirement as really being in the driver's seat and going, you know, first we're going to visualize what this ideal outcome would be. And that might be starting another business, that might be consulting, that might be working in a nonprofit or volunteer capacity. Uh, you know, we get to what is at the core, what is really driving them, what's providing them with inspiration. Again, and, and being authentic about from there, coming up with a plan, you know, approaching what the obstacles are going to be, getting around those obstacles, and, you know, modeling it in the real terms, and software into the, you know, the broader financial plan overall. Let's, let's change it up a little bit here. What are your clients expecting in terms of technology? Alexa has raised the bar so high. Is this where it's going and is this what they want or is it something different? You know, it's hard to say because I was, or rather than painting them in a broad brush, I have some clients that really 
demand way uh, advanced technology, and and we're delivering that more and more. And and when I say advanced technology, I think a lot of that is your tips reporting on their financial, the elements of their financial plan, the details of their financial plan. It's not just hey, what are what's my investment portfolio? It's you know what's you know what's the ten year target on my cash flow? What's the date? spending analysis? What's my balance, my comprehensive full balance sheet? And so, you know, we leverage technology. So we're big power users of e-money uh, and our clients have really grown accustomed to client portal that they have there. So not only in an on-demand fashion, which they're demanding more and more, but also we're seeing uh, an expectation with, you know, with the power of what e-money can provide just in the actual client meeting and the client experience it can deliver. I'll give you an example. I think that it, because we're doing comprehensive financial plans with clients and we're talking about their goals and we're talking about just the full scope of their life, when we can bring that up in an e-money plan and show them a long-term cash flow and we can show them a Monte Carlo analysis and we can pull up pretty much any, any data point about their financial life, they like having that all in one place. I think that makes them feel more comfortable they're, they are coming to expect a higher technology experience. We're trying to expand that uh, even further to add convenience. We recognize that you know, a lot of clients are delegating certain things to us, right? For an example is, is tax return preparation. Our firm, we prepare our clients' taxes. And so before you know, obtaining the client tax documentation, if you go back you know, 10 years ago, it was send us Send a, either they would come and drop off the tax documents in person or they would send it to you by mail. Then they started to maybe scan it up and put it up to their e-money vault or God forbid they would send it to you, you know, with social security information and they would send you by email, which is unsecured. You know, we've implemented a technology that would make it more convenient for the client. We utilize something called sure prep and tech and tax caddy. And this is something that, you know, it has all of the clients specific tax return information from the prior year. And it, you know, like all the client has to do is download an app on their phone and it says, Hey client, I need this W2 and these three 1099s and this K1 and, you know, whatever it might be. And it, it's very specific. And then they just take a picture of it. It attaches to their app. It comes directly to me. And then from there, I can turn around the client's tax return much quicker because this tax return, this technology automatically populates the tax return with the data from these forms. And so I think, you know, what's happening is as more and more advisors are leveraging more and more of the expanding technology that's out there, clients are becoming hungrier and hungrier for it. They're adopting it more. It's becoming easier to use. So I think we're only going to see uh, that, con- that trend continue to rise. I think clients are going to continue to migrate to advisors that give them a good experience as a client. And I think a lot of that is with a, an intelligent technology solution. With so much technology though, does, and that eliminates a lot of the personal contact, is there danger there? You know, it's, I think what it's eliminating is the elements, the cumbersome elements of the relationship. You know, we, we want to, if anything, to, for our clients that maybe live two hours away, that we're not going to be able to have an in-person meeting multiple times a year. Well, we're going to, we're leveraging video technology. So we're still able to see them face to face. Or if there is, you know, 
clients having to sign documents to open an account or sign a tax return. Again, since we're making it more efficient for them, it's more convenient for them. We're definitely giving, and I think, you know, another way to leverage technology, we're, we're using Salesforce as a, as a CRM platform. And so for me, you know, I would, the areas I see of opportunity there are, you know, have pinging me more often when I haven't maybe spoken to a client in some period of time, right? So having a, a really intelligent uh, solution that says, hey, you haven't talked to this client in maybe 30 or 60 days. And so me getting that notification, now I can do a proactive reach out to the client. So they're never going beyond a certain amount of time without hearing from me. And so, you know, I think the more we can roll out these different technology solutions, it'll actually make it I think the personal touch even higher. How do you manage the media and the constant chatter out there with your clients? Or how do you remain the trusted resource rather than the internet? That's a great question. You know, I think it's through consistent conversations with clients and really consistent planning for them like, so that a client should understand what their financial plan is. When a client knows and feels comfortable with their financial plan, you know, with the way that their port, if they truly understand how their portfolio is invested, um, they recognize that a lot of what you said before, there's just a lot of chatter out there. There's a lot of noise. It, you know, we're, we also kind of leave our doors open all the time for clients to reach out. It's not uncommon for a client to send us an article. Hey, I read this. What do you think about this? They know that they, you know, we can be a trusted source for them that if they see something that they think is interesting or that they're curious about, um, that they can, they can send us that and, and get our feedback. And sometimes it's good ideas. You know, we, we try to come into this without an ego. We, we, we tell our clients that we're consistent learners and, you know, we're always doing our best to keep up on continuing education and, and find the best strategies for them. But, you know, by all means, if you see something that intrigues you, you send it our way and we consider it. But then we also get sometimes a client will just read in, you know, any of the trade publications. The, the big thing this year is, you know, doing a Roth conversion or a backdoor Roth or something, a strategy that makes sense in certain situations. But, you know, and we can, because our clients' plans are very bespoke, they're very customized to them. We can tell them, you know, it, normally what's going to happen is we would have recognized these strategies ahead of time and have already implemented them. Um, and a lot of times it might be, client, I know that you might, you might have read that a Roth conversion is a big hot item this year, but you're in the top tax, income tax bracket this year. And, you know, for you to convert part of your IRA into a Roth IRA, you know, we don't want to convert it and you pay a higher tax rate than you need to. And so I think they appreciate that. They, they appreciate knowing that, you know, we have our finger on the pulse and that we're always here to bounce ideas off of and, and answer questions. Your enthusiasm for what you're doing is contagious and it's awesome. So how did you find your way into financial services? Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And it's something that it's, I think it's just because it's personal to me. It's something that for a long time, it started with, you know, it's funny it started, I, I studied finance in school and my first job out of school was working for a, you know, a high-end tax consulting firm. So I have a lot, a lot of tax background as well. But a lot of it came from my own personal drive to, you know, to set goals, to set, you know, to, to think ahead about some of the big important things that I want to achieve in my life, you know, a recognition that you kind of get one go at this and to not, 
not just zombie your way through this, not just float on through and, and just do the status quo, but to really be mindful and intentional about where it is you want to take your life. And so for me, you know, I think setting some big goals and achieving some big goals in my life, that really got me thinking that, hey, you know, the world is my oyster and how do I want to take it? And, and between my background in finance and my background in, in tax, going the, the certified financial planning route and helping clients, you know, I could help, I recognize that I could help maybe provide some inspiration or some motivation on the goal side, but then also on the backside where, where it's required, not just give that lip service, but have technical financial planning chops, technical investment chops, you know, knowing how the taxes work and helping them reduce their taxes as much as possible. That's going to go a long way towards the long-term plan, things like that. It just felt like it was, I was marrying two great concepts that delivered a, an authentic relationship with the client. And, and that's the core, too, is relationships are something that's really important to me, building solid relationships that are rooted in trust and rooted in, you know, this, you know, the concept of fiduciary. Whenever, I know that it's, it's kind of hot now, but that's how we've always thought and practiced. We couldn't imagine, you know, working with a client when their best interests wasn't first and foremost. That's, you know, I'm here to serve them and, and what their best interest is. And so, you know, being, uh, being that trusted guide that can help take them there. You know, I get to, I get to come to work every day and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm helping be that, you know, financial life guide, helping clients get to their, uh, to their true optimal life. So you got started in the industry and this being the permission to succeed podcast, you, you kind of took a pause and went on a hike. So yeah. maybe it was a permission to succeed at life or learn about life. What was that? Yeah. You know, so I love talking about this because it was, it really changed the course of my life. As I said before, I kind of, I got my start working in tax, tax consulting. And I was, I was really burnt out after the third or fourth year. And I just knew I couldn't continue to do that. And so I decided, you know, I, I took a, this is this goes to show you the value of planning. I didn't plan this out, and I just quit my job and I you know I moved to Colorado and I said, you know we'll see how it goes. And about a year into that, I started to run out of money, and it was around that time that I started to try to get really intentional with what I wanted to do, and uh, that's where this this idea of around around the hike came up. I, I I thought through where were the priorities in my life, and at that time when I was in my mid twenties. You know, the, I, I loved the outdoors. It really inspired me. And I didn't, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but there was this, you know, the concept of, you know, doing a full through hike of the Appalachian Trail that, that really provided me a level of inspiration. And I was just, you know, I gravitated towards it. And so as I began to think through and plan that out more, I started to see how it could become a reality. I, I said, you know, I worked I said, I say, you know, everything I was earning, I was setting aside as much as possible to save up for this trip. Um, you know, I planned out, I took a, I was able to take a sabbatical from work and, you know, I, I was able to do essentially a, a six month through hike of the Appalachian trail. It's about 2,200 miles. I started in Georgia and I uh, finished in uh, Maine and, you know, not only did it provide a, a lifetime's worth of of amazing experiences, but I thought it added, you know, to, I, as I was marching also towards financial planning, being a financial planner myself, 
you know, I just thought it was so, so analogous to the, to the, you know, the steps I take with my own clients, having this long-term picture, right? It's not about, it's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. So yeah, I was hiking to Maine, but if I wasn't enjoying the journey day in and day out, then what was the point of me being out there? And so, you know, everything from balance to just making sure that, you know, you knew it, it, not, not, you know, having flexibility in your plan as well. Like you might have a plan, but you don't always have to go exactly according to plan. And it's okay to be flexible. A lot of these concepts, you know, not only had a really deep impact on my own personal life, but I think it's, it's really translated over to, you know, how I work with my clients. And I think the value they see from working with our firm, just around having someone that's going to, you know, look at this full scope with them and, and think, think about things a little bit differently. Is this something you might want to attempt again in a broader scale, Colin O'Brady going to the trekking across the North Pole? Is there, is there another trek you want to go on? Uh, it's a great, I mean, it's, you know, it's funny is it's not in my, it's not in my current plan. You know, Colin O'Brady is a, is a, is an inspiration, but I think one of the things is I know where my own limitations are. And so some of the things he's doing, I, I, I just know that, you know, for instance, climbing Mount Everest, it seems like it would be a, an interesting thing to do, but I know my own limitations. It would be outside of my comfort zone. Something that's it's just, and I think too much risk maybe at the end of the day. It's not something I'm willing to do. I love the long-term, the long-distance hike, but actually one of the things that I came up when I, when I went through my own life planning, right, I took myself through the, through the life planning exercises and when I was learning training to become a registered life planner under George Kinder. Um, as I went through and understood what was the, where the real priorities were, it was really interesting. I First and foremost, what came out of that was my, you know, up until that point, I never knew if I wanted to be a father myself. I was always kind of one foot in, one foot out. You know, do I want to have kids? Do I not want to have kids? And when I, when I went through the life planning exercises, smack me right in the face. You know, you know, it was how much being a, how important being a father uh, was in my life. Uh, and I, it just hadn't been clear to me before. Happy to say that, you know, my wife and I welcomed uh, our firstborn in September of last year. And it's, uh, you know, I'm over the moon. I said, you will continue to be over the moon. That never stops. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Over the moon and, and tired, but it's, uh, it's been fantastic. But even, you know, on the more personal side too, you know, around, I, I said, I love the outdoors and we talked about the long distance hiking. I also am a, an avid skier. And I recognize when I was going through these life planning exercises, I recognized that, you know, I, I was getting out and I was skiing a few days a year and it was on the weekends and I just wasn't enjoying it differently. And it was, if the normal obstacles that are there financial, let's just say the financial burdens that you have to, that are there, they cause you have to work all the time. How would you change your life? What would you do differently if you didn't have any financial constraints? And one of the things that came to my mind was, you know, gosh, I'd go skiing every day in the winter. I just, that would be amazing to me. And so I was able to translate that into something that really worked into my life. And I'm not going to go skiing every day of the winter. However, what I was able to do is, you know, work room. I was able to arrange working remotely for a month and I rented a cabin in Vermont and I got a ski pass to the mountain. And instead of working from, you know, nine to five or nine to six, I worked, I, I, I got up and I got there for the first chair in the morning and I skied for a couple of hours. I went back to my cabin and I worked remotely for, you know, from 11 o'clock until 
seven or eight o'clock. And so I still got the time in and I was still able to have, you know, meetings with clients and, and do what I needed to do to get done. But I was able to incorporate going skiing every day. You know, I, so I was able to take the thing that maybe I thought I could only do when I was retired or wasn't working and bring it right into my life now. And so I'm happy to say that I've started to achieve a lot of these elements of my life plan. And so, you know, you asking me if a long distance trail is in the works, it's kind of reminding me that I need to go back and, and think through some of these life planning exercises again and, and see what's necessary. And that's what I love about it. It's like this, it's just this continuing, this ongoing process. It's not like you reach some point and you're done. You know, you reach some point and, and you, you reach a, a really high level of fulfillment, a high level of, of, of happiness. Or you know, I think that's at the core of what you're trying to do. And so, but again, everyone's unique. You know, my skiing every day or my, you know, being a father is maybe someone else's early retirement or someone else's traveling to the Galapagos Islands or, you know, it, it's every single person's is unique. And that's the thing I like about this process is that it, it, it gives people, you know, a platform and space to talk about these things so that we can make them a reality and ultimately, you know, have them achieve optimal life is something that we are always talking about. Now, being an, a younger advisor in the industry, what advice would you have for people who are thinking about joining it and doing what you're doing? Hmm. I would say that it takes a lot of persistence and that it's, it's not always easy, but as someone that has, you know, achieved things in their life uh, that was really important to them, they're usually not easy. The things that are really important aren't easy. And so if this, if you're interested in, in developing a relationship with a client and building a business around uh, helping clients with, you know, navigate their finances. And you know, it takes a lot of work. It it, it takes a lot of persistence. Uh, it, it's not just something that, you know, to build a trusted relationship with a client, it's not like you can do it at the snap of a finger. And so through the work I'm on, on, I mentioned to you before, I'm on the board of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. It's a great organization, a nonprofit of fiduciary fee-only comprehensive financial planners, you know, they work with clients in a similar way that I do, in a comprehensive manner. When I see newer advisors that come in, and sometimes they struggle, you know, and it is, I think they, one of the keys that I've seen these advisors ultimately reach success is because of the persistence that they keep at it. It's hard work, but if you stay persistent and you don't give up, just be prepared for that. And again, to not to draw the analogy back to my my Appalachian Trail hike, but that was, I think, the only reason that I, I was ultimately able to make it all the way through was it was hard. You know, there was a lot of days where you had bad days. It was, you know, you were, you were cold, you were wet, you were hungry. You might be, you might be sore, tired. But, you know, if, you, if you're out there for the right reasons and you're doing it for the right reasons, you recognize that the challenges and the hardships are, are part of the process. And that's what makes you a really good advisor at the end of the day. Frankie. This has been great. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. For everyone at Iris Media Works, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Permission to Succeed team, this is Doug Heikinen. Take care. The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Thompson IM Funds, Inc. For more information about Thompson IM Funds, please visit ThompsonIM.com. Thompson IM Funds. Smart investing starts here.